0: John, I'd like to read to you from a court filing in the lawsuit, U.S. Dominion Incorporated, Dominion Voting Systems, and Dominion Voting Systems Corporation plaintiffs versus Fox News Network LLC defendant. Listen to this. This is taken directly from the court filing. During Donald Trump's campaign, Rupert, that is Rupert Murdoch of Fox News, provided Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner with Fox Confidential information about Biden's ads, along with debate strategy. But on election night, Rupert would not help with the Arizona call. John, this is when Fox News called Arizona for Joe Biden rather than for Donald Trump. That's right. Controversial, to say the least. Listen to this. As Rupert described it, quote, my friend Jared Kushner called me saying, This is terrible. And I could hear Trump's voice in the background shouting, But Rupert refused to budge, quote, and I said, well, Well, the numbers are the numbers. numbers. NSS, baby. Look at that, John. Listen to the numbers. Yeah. The numbers got a shout out in this legendary lawsuit. They deposed Rupert Murdoch. He admitted that he was sharing confidential Biden stuff with Jared Kushner. Yeah. But he also said the numbers are the numbers. The numbers. The what a turn from villain to hero in my eyes. Truer words never spoken, and I, you would never think
1: that it would come from Fox News.
0: Now that I know that Rupert Murdoch believes in the power of numbers and knows that the numbers are the numbers, I will follow this man to the ends of the earth. Rupert Murdoch, the numbers are the numbers. Let that be a lesson to our listeners, John. Although we mostly use um, speech and words, to convey information on this podcast, underlying all of that on the tectonic level are the massive earthy plates of raw number power. It's the numbers that drive what we do. It's the numbers that provide us our passion for podcasting. It's the numbers that inform our decisions. It's the numbers that give our lives the unique character they have which makes them cause for celebration. Right. The numbers are the numbers. Two plus three is five. There's no two ways about it. And yes, two is a number. It is. How do you like that? Think about all the numbers that we have in our life the and the numbers, the way they're hidden in our lives. You know, think about this. Four score and seven years ago, that's numbers. Huh. Abraham Lincoln, in his most famous speech, the Gettysburg Address, begins by mentioning some Numbers back when numbers had different names, like a score was a type of number, right? Four score and seven years ago. Numbers think about this all men are created equal, for that is what the creator intended. For that, four is a number. Remember that famous passage? Yeah. In the- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just wanted to just—I just, was reading the um, court. I was reading some court filings this morning, and I, that quote jumped out at me. So I thought it would be worth um, celebrating and bringing to our listeners' attention. The numbers are the numbers, and the podcast is election profit makers. And my name is Kid Midas, the original wave writer. And I'm joined on the line by none other—the man himself, the man who puts the fun in numbers, John John Kimball.
1: Hey everyone out there in podcast land. So you're celebrating the numbers today. You know what I'm celebrating? I'm celebrating the end of meteorological winter and the beginning of meteorological
0: spring. I don't know what those What are you talking about?
1: So, you know, generally it, when we go by the the spinning of the earth and the the earth traveling around the sun, we, we generally have spring beginning on the 21st and we have winter beginning on the December 21st. Are you talking but, about the uh, winter
0: solstice and the vernal equinox, John? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right.
1: But meteorologists do it by month. They have winter beginning on December 1st and what? Ending, ending on February 28th. So it's just, you know, it's easier. It's numbers, three months. And um, this will be the warmest winter on record here where I live. Speaking of the temperature numbers. That's right. That's right. This was the warmest February on record. It was the second warmest January on record. And it is the warmest uh, meteorological winter on record here. It was so warm this past February. How warm was it? Well, the average temperature in this February is 1.2 1.2 degrees higher than an average March. So if this had been March, we'd be above average. Whoa. That's pretty That's pretty, pretty cool, right?
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's weird. Here's to many more cool statistics like that as our Earth yeah. tumbles into uh, destruction. It's weird. Yeah. Global weirding. Yeah, that's right. Thomas yeah. Friedman coined that phrase. He wanted us to stop calling it global warming and call it global weirding. Remember that? Yeah, it's the one uh, I actually like. That it. was one of many phrases he tried to get going. I like that one. Thomas Friedman doesn't have a great track record with trying to get new phrases going in the national conversation. That guy is like a catchphrase generator. Yeah, but I think a lot of times people look at his author photo and think, "I'm not sure I'm <laughs> going to take my new slang phrases from this from this guy." You know what my favorite one from him was? What's that? The world is flat. No, what? suck. On this. Here we go. Left wing blogger, Memory Lane. Give us some context, John. Remember that when he went on Charlie Rose? Why don't you explain to our younger listeners what we're talking about?
1: He was talking about the global war on terrorism and how we needed to fight back and we needed to put these countries in their place and that we'd had enough of this. This was after 9-11 and that we needed to come over there and, as he said, tell them to suck on this and that was
0: insane he was on charlie rose and he said we need they need to see american boys and girls he was referring to with armed services go door to door knocking on doors and saying you think you can keep tormenting us or you think you can keep undermining the western order well suck on this i guess that is a pretty good catchphrase what if he had named one of his books suck on this (laughs) by thomas friedman (laughs) The dick sucking expert. <laughs> that would be That'd such be, an amazing subtitle. Yeah, that would be. Hey, how's the um, how's the weather in LA? Well, it's sunny now. For the this, this is an amazing episode of our podcast, I will say. <laughs> uh, the sun is out today for the first time in what feels like the entire month of February. It is, of course, the last day of February. Today is the twenty eighth and final day of February twenty twenty three. We've had a lot of gray, cold wet weather here in LA. I was actually without power all weekend, amazingly. This is the longest I've gone without electricity since the glory days of Hurricane Sandy, if you remember that hurricane, John. Three days without power. No, two days. It went out I think a transformer in our neighborhood blew up or something. It went out on Friday night and I didn't have power back until Sunday night. It was that's a long stretch of no power in in the 21st century.
1: So I don't know if you read about Aaron Rodgers. He's apparently doing this thing where he's spending 5 days or a week in total darkness. So <gasps> the football guy is? Yeah, yeah, to, you know, get in touch with your insanity, I guess. Oh my god, he's going to go he's going to go crazy. Yeah, and so I immediately thought,
0: is this what David's going through? Maybe not
1: quite
0: that. Not quite that. It was a dark it was dark and quiet here, I will say. Right. As we waited for the power to come back on. I thought I would have hot water because this building has solar panels that heat the water, but I must have been late to the shower game because by the time I took a shower, the water was freezing cold. ooh, anyway, so yes, I'm glad to have a little sun here. It's been a February was kind of a bad month, I would say I think February's kind of a bummer month sometimes uh yeah, terrible I mean you were having an unseasonably warm February, and here in Los Angeles in Hollywood, home of the Oscars. We were having an unseasonably cold um, February. It's kind of weird. It's like the whole world's gone topsy-turvy. Yeah. There's balance in nature, even when it's going insane. Yeah. Is that true? There's a method
1: to her madness? Yeah. So in places where it's suddenly really above average, then it'll be below average in other places. That's global weirding. Yeah. John, I
0: have a proposal to
1: make. Yes. And what
0: proposal (laughs) is it? Good. You picked up on my visual cues with perfection. I okay. was going to propose that we start our podcast. Oh, okay, in sure. earnest. Okay, <laughs> okay. John, let's turn to our predicted portfolios, of which you have none. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, you no longer have a predicted portfolio. No. I'm still invested in three markets, which means, of course, that I have a position in fully 25% of all remaining predicted markets. I've never never been so invested in predicted. There are 12 markets left. John, the one that we should focus on, we mention it every week, I guess, because it's the elephant in the room, the GOP 2024 presidential nominee. And I don't care if people are sick of hearing me talk about it. I've never I have four hundred dollars invested in this market, basically invested that Donald Trump will not be the 2024 presidential nominee. <laughs> That's so much money, man. It's so much. It's more money than I've ever had in a market unpredicted. I was so sure there's no way this guy is going to be the nominee. John, Donald Trump is absolutely going to be the 2024 GOP nominee. No, you think so? Yeah, absolutely. There's new polls out that have him up like 20 points over Ronda Sanctimonious. yeah
1: that's right yeah so this week a fox poll came out has him at 43 percent
0: oh that's just money flying out of my bank account right there yeah desantis
1: at 28 and then the next closest is haley and pence at seven percent nikki haley and fox actually has a good polling outfit so i believe this poll and yeah that's not good news I think the more people see DeSantis, he's just so whiny.
0: DeSantis now is on a tour of like American cities, right? Talking to police unions and, and ranting about crime and law and order and punishment and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And and Trump is out there calling him Ron DeSanctimonious. And didn't he come up with one recently called him like Fat Ron or
0: <coughs> Meatball
1: Ron or something? I can't remember just, what it was, but it was
0: really. He definitely was, needs to update Ron DeSanctimonious. No one no one is following that. Like, what? what are you? Yeah. Shakespeare, no one has time for that. I agree. So,
1: also this week, Jeb Bush endorsed Ron DeSantis. Oh, hell yeah. You know, they're both former governors of Florida. So, he said all these absolutely nice things and said he would be a great president. And then it was basically an endorsement.
0: And that's, that's, I, that's Ron not should good. have been like, I don't need that from you, buddy. That's no. rough stuff. That's real rough. No, they're that's going humi- to, that's use humiliating. That. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe that'll work in Florida. Yeah. Trump is going to be the nominee. Trump is going oh, to be the nominee. Man. I know, right? It's really time to start to, we have to make peace with that. Yeah. It's going to be like 2020 all over again. Oh my gosh. So what should I do, John? I have 400, should I just get out? If I get out now, I will have lost more than $50. I hate to do that. Like what's, what? I don't, and I don't even know, like, is my money safe? What's happening with Predict it? We've blown past the deadline when we thought they were going to shut down.
1: We don't know. Yeah, I think your
0: your money is safe. What would you do if you were me and you had $400 in this? I'd, I'd, yeah, I need all the money I can get, so I would take
1: that money out. Good it's, Lord. It's just not going to resolve anytime
0: soon. It's gone down another $5 since we started discussing this. It's now at minus 60. And Mike Pompeo isn't helping at all because I still have 100 shares of Mike Pompeo. Come on, Mike Pompeo, get your head in the game. Why aren't you... Why are you at $0.04? Get going, Mike Pompeo, for goodness sake. That could recover some of my losses.
1: It's all pretty boring. I wish they could add some more exciting stuff.
0: If you were running Predict it right now, what are markets that you would have developed in the last week?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, if it could be anything, I'd add you know things like, is Matt Schlapp going to be out at CPAC? Um, What's that? I don't know what you're talking about. Who's Matt Schlapp? Matt Schlapp. He's he runs CPAC, which is this conservative uh, conference that happens every year. It's a big right wing conference, and people go and speak at it. It's happening this week, and it uh, you know it's notorious for all sorts of gross people and gross things happening. Real toxic environment, but. Uh, Trump will be speaking there and uh, DeSantis is not going to speak there. Uh, Pence won't speak there. Pence hasn't spoken there uh, in years. It's just more and more people are trying to distance themselves from it. And I think they're particularly trying to distance themselves from it now that Matt Schlapp is being accused of um, uh, sexual harassment. Oh, um, against somebody in the Herschel Walker campaign.
0: Oh, I heard about this. That's the guy who runs CPAC? Yeah. And you said Trump is going to speak at that this week? Yes. Do you think he'll do any complaining? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He prob- yes. Yeah, right. Will. will he effectively destroy Ron DeSantis's campaign from the podium at CPAC? That's a good question. And why isn't DeSantis going to CPAC? I just think um,
1: a lot of people are just trying to avoid it. It's just too...
0: Because of Matt Schlapp and this allegation against him, yeah, um, I'm not buying. I'm sorry, I'm not okay. buying that. Right. There are so, so many sketchy Republican institutions that Ron DeSantis would happily go to. I can't believe that he is avoiding CPAC because the founder is being me tooed. I just don't. I don't see that. It must be some other reason. Let me look this up. CPAC. Many of the Republican Party's marquee players, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, and the top GOP leaders in Congress, will skip this year's conservative political action conference in Maryland, dealing a significant blow to the annual gathering's stature. This is from NBC News. The abandonment of CPAC, which runs from Wednesday through Saturday, comes as its chairman, Matt Schlapp, defends himself against a a lawsuit alleging that he fondled a male aide to then Senate candidate Herschel Walker in Georgia in October. Okay. So I stand corrected. It sounds like people are avoiding CPAC because of the allegation. I I had forgotten that Schlapp was accused of sexual impropriety against another man rather than a woman. Right.
1: Now we don't know who that man is. Apparently he's keeping a low profile uh, because If his identity is known, apparently he's done a bunch of toxic things as well, like posting on white supremacist websites and things of that. So uh, Uh, it's nice all around.
0: I got to say, man, the numbers are the numbers. But the people are. hmm, Hold on. Let me think of a really funny joke. Oh my gosh, John, I gotta say, the numbers may be the numbers, but the people leave much to be desired. Is that a good bumper sticker? hmm I'm on the hunt for the ultimate bumper sticker.
1: Oh. Hey, you know who got canceled this week? Who? Scott Adams. Oh right! This was kind of interesting. I didn't
0: follow this as closely as you.
1: Yeah, Scott Adams, he's a weird guy. He's the the creator of Dilbert, the comic strip, which was really popular back in the mid to late nineties. I don't know. I must have been out of this. I think that was when I was up working with a startup or something because I I know nothing about Dilbert. I mean, I that was know, the I,
0: perfect time for you to be into Dilbert though, because Dilbert was all about people working in offices.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just working too hard, and
0: Dilbert had a little necktie that went boop. It it like um curved up. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? He had yeah. a funny necktie? No, I've seen yeah. pictures yeah. Okay. of him. I, I okay. would
1: recognize him. And um, so Scott Adams has is, is sort of taken this rightward tack since about 2016. He's, he's famous for predicting that Donald Trump would win the GOP nomination in 2016 and then would- would win the presidency. I think he said it was like 95% certain. He was smarter than we were. That's for damn sure. Yeah, he he was right. Uh, He's been wrong about tons of other stuff since then. Oh, name one thing. Well, I'll just say, here's what he said this week. Okay, tell me what he said this week. He said, if nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people, that's a hate group. He was citing a, a poll from Rasmussen, reports um he said i don't want to have anything to do with them and i would say based on the current way things are going the best advice i would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people because there is no fixing this then he went on to explain about how he's gotten the hell away from black people and that he lives in a all-white neighborhood and (laughs) seriously yeah 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 so it's just just incredible what are you
0: doing man well i yeah, How'd his syndicators dropped him, having? and all
1: these newspapers dropped him, and um, you know he's just saying that he was is citing this poll from Rasmussen, but um, even the particular poll wasn't. I mean, it wasn't really a good faith poll. It wasn't asking black people. It wasn't asking black people if they're okay with white people. It was it was actually asking, are you? Do you agree with the phrase? It's okay to be white. Oh, interesting. And most did. Sure. 26% were unsure. Um, But I mean, that's kind of like asking if if you've been following politics the last few years and you were to have a poll and someone said, do you agree with the phrase, all lives matter? You know that that is a rebuttal to black lives matter. And you might say that you didn't agree with that. So yeah, I mean, it's okay to be white is something that has sort of bubbled up from these troll forums and and has some uh,
0: white supremacist connotations. So, so anyway, so Scott Adams, what did he he was tweeting all this? What was the forum in which he did he he didn't say this in a Dilbert cartoon, right? No, he does something called Coffee with Scott. Oh, what's that? That sounds fun.
1: Yeah, it's just a streaming thing that he does. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's just streaming and and he said all that so. Then Elon Musk jumped in and defended him and said, you know, the real problem is that the media is
0: racist. Oh, snap. That's a billionaire mindset right there. That's the kind of stuff most of us regular millionaires can't think of. Yeah. The media is racist What against white people?
1: Yeah. Oh, of course.
0: Absolutely. I think many tech CEOs and venture capital people- are going crazy. Mm-hmm. I think they are I think Silicon Valley must be like a real breeding ground for like reactionary red-pilled weirdos, right? Well, if you if that's the only people that you interact
1: with, you would go insane, you know. I would Like
0: an echo chamber type thing.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, if I became a billionaire within
0: 10 years, I'd be crazy. Oh, I was going to say six months. If I became a billionaire, I would be crazy within six months. You think it would take 10 years? It wouldn't take 10 years. It would take less than a year. Yeah. As soon as you go to the airport and instead of waiting in line, you go to a hangar and just walk onto a plane like it's your car, that's when you start going crazy, I think. I think the private plane, it must make you crazy. So I was talking to
1: one of our our friends the other day, and he, he made a point that I hadn't thought of, but it's such a an obvious point. He was like, once you become a billionaire, everybody just treats you differently and you cannot trust anyone because even if those people are trying to give you good advice, they don't want to lose access to you because you're worth so much to them.
0: And if they ever say anything, you don't like it, you can dismiss it by telling yourself, well, I'm the billionaire and they're not. Right. Hmm. What are we going to do about this, John? How are we going to be billionaires and still maintain our humanity and stay the same lovable scamps we've always been?
1: Yeah, I think the universe is going to take care of that for us.
0: John, do you remember J.D. Vance, the senator, the current senator from Ohio? And we put up these billboards in Ohio. We were trying to make sure he wasn't elected, but we didn't buy enough billboards. So now he's a senator from Ohio. Do you remember J.D. Vance? Do you think that's it? He wrote a book called Hillbilly Elegy. Yes, of course, that's it. We were all that was standing in the way of his ascent. That if we had bought more. If we had bought just 50 more billboards, J.D. Vance would be a footnote to history instead of the current senator from Ohio. That makes me feel so much worse now. I know. We kind of biffed it. Um, all right, J.D. Vance- I hadn't thought about him in a while, but this week, you saw President Trump went to East Palestine, Ohio, the site of the train derailment, and J.D. Vance was there and gave a little speech. J.D. Vance, this is J.D. Vance's time to shine, John. The nation has turned their attention to Ohio for the time being. J.D. Vance has stepped into the national spotlight along with President Trump, who actually got to East Palestine before your boy Pete Buttigieg did. Pete Buttigieg must have been so pissed when he heard Trump was going to Ohio. Yeah. Because then he's like, oh, now I have to go to Ohio. I don't want to go to Ohio. That's my Pete Buttigieg impersonation.
1: Is he a coastal elite? He's not a coastal elite. He's from Indiana. Yeah. So he went, yeah. Vance is in Ohio. And what? what is this? This is Vance's chance to lean on his roots.
0: Yeah. Once again, America, the coastal elites have forgotten about The true Americans out here in Ohio were the forgotten people. I'm going to say this train disaster is toxic in more than one way. How about we just leave it there? That's a good. That's good. Okay. Get it because it's like toxic, like the racial resentment thing that they're stoking. Yeah. I'll say it again, John. I'm starting to think this Ohio train disaster is toxic in more than one way. And then I'll add. I got that reference slide whistle like
1: (laughs) that didn't make any sense. You know how (laughs) people say, "I got that
0: reference." Let's do it one more time. Okay. Everybody knows their lines. John, I'm starting to think this Ohio train derailment is toxic in more than one way. I got that reference. (laughs) Perfection. I love it when we achieve perfection. Yeah. John, let's take a quick break. John, do you yearn, and you have to be honest when I ask you this question, do you yearn for the gross-out animation of 90s Nickelodeon cartoons like Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life? Tell me the truth. Do you yearn for that? Say yes. Yes. Okay. Do you wish there was something even messier made by one person spending too much of their free time making up weird little worlds and characters? Messier? Yes. Yes. Well then, John... Check out the animated short films, music videos, and web series Murder in Spacetown, created by EPM listener Ryan Consbrook. You can find his psychedelic works of body horror. John, I know you love body horror, right? Say, I love animated body horror. I love animated body horror. It's hard to say, right? <laughs> yeah. You can find his psychedelic works of body horror at ryanconsbrook.com or under their username SpecialRobotDog, all one word on YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, ryanconsbrook.com. Consbruck. Konsbrook. Cons
1: RyanKonsbrook.com. What is the name of the actual thing? It's called Murder in Spacetown. He, he needs to get Murder in Spacetown.com. Oh, shit. And just redirect it to Ryan Consbrook just to be
0: safe. I like animation. I like animation and I like this website. You know what? I'm giving this an endorsement. RyanConsbrook.com. Speaking of uh, YouTube.
1: Yes. You know, next week we're going to be down in Gainesville, Florida. Correct. Why? We're going to be helping Satchel's Pizza celebrate their 20th anniversary.
0: No lies detected, but some pies detected. Oh, yeah! Fuck my life. Um, oh my god! And Fuck apparently, Satchel Why was has that the highlight of my week. What? Nothing. Go ahead.
1: This, I don't know if we're sharing media rights with Satchel or something, uh, but he is going to be live casting this event uh, through his YouTube channel which is at youtube.com slash at
0: satchels live next tuesday march 7th if you can't make it to gainesville florida and satchels pizza in person you can watch our live podcast episode at 8 p.m eastern on youtube what's the link uh youtube.com slash at satchels live I don't know what we're going to do about an episode for next week because-
1: I thought we were going to record it and then that would be the episode. And that just put it out like the
0: next day or something? Yeah. We'll figure it out. There might not be an episode next week other than this live event. So if you're missing the Election Profit Makers Tuesday tradition, you can watch us on YouTube at 8 p.m. next week. We hope to see you then. Yeah. Or we'll upload the recording the next day. I've been working on my guitar pedal trivia questions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got some really tricky questions. Okay. I've been working on my skyline knowledge. Yeah. Just in case. Skylines and guitar pedals. We're taking it back to the we're taking it back to the old the old ways. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Satchel's pizza is good. What if it's the worst pizza we've ever had? Like what if it just sucks? I would be so bummed. Yeah. Satchel, if you're listening. Satchel, if by any chance you're listening to this podcast, now I know that's a stretch.
1: Yeah, don't biff it, Satchel.
0: You better bring your A game next Tuesday. I need to have some pizza pies that make me weep because LA is not a pizza town. It's been a minute since I've had a good, good piece of pizza. Yeah. So let's make sure we have some extra special pizzas on deck for your friends at Election Profit Makers. Because if I show up and it's just like Sparrow level, like airport pizza, I'm going to be so unhappy. And I will speak truth to pizza power. I don't care. If I'm on the mic, I, I'm beholden to no one but to my own principles. And if if Satchel's tries to reheat some Sabarro's pizza and tell me it's his special pizza, he'd be like, oh, yeah, this is my new kind of pizza. It's called airport pizza. I will explode in rage. So let's just make sure we all bring our A-game. And John, you and I should bring our A-game as well, because this is a huge anniversary and it's a live show. We don't do that. So let's bring our A-game next week. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. And the numbers are the numbers. Don't forget that either. The numbers are the numbers. A pizza, a circle, 360 degrees. Don't forget diameter, circumference, radius. Yeah. Pi R square. Correct. I've been reading my numbers book about aboriginals in Australia and how they have a different, they only have two numbers, one and two. So the way they say three is they say one, two. And the way they say five is is one, two, two. These numbers are out of control, man. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm still learning about these numbers. Stay tuned as I learn more about the numbers. John, how about a UNC sports update? What's going on in the world of UNC sports? Oh, God. Well, I don't know if you all remember. I'm sure you
1: do. But last week... I said that UNC was in particular trouble because they had lost at NC State and now they only had a 15% chance of making the NCAA tournament and they would be the first preseason number one team to not make the NCAA tournament. So what they needed to do was win their last four games in a row in order to have a chance. Well, since last week, UNC has won three games in a row. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty incredible. So they've got one more game left and that is Saturday against Duke.
0: At oh my gosh. The
1: Dean Smith Duke? Center. So Duke They're is going to rivals? have a chance to knock Carolina out of the tournament and Carolina has a chance to beat Duke to increase their odds of getting in the tournament. I think uh right now UNC's chance of getting into the tournament is about 40%. Uh if they beat Duke, I think their odds will go up to something like So pretty good. And
0: what are Duke's odds for making the tournament? Are they definitely in? I think Duke is a lock at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is an opportunity for Duke to exact its revenge against last year's trouncing at the hands of UNC at Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And then the repeated trouncing during the final four of the NCAA tournament. Duke knocking UNC out of the tournament entirely would be, they would love Mm, that. I wouldn't say those things would be the same. Well, they're not the same in terms of historical import, but people take revenge where they can find it. You know what I mean? That would be like
1: uh, putting out someone's cigarette without their permission versus someone setting someone's house on fire and blowing the entire thing up.
0: Wow. That's a vivid analogy. Yeah.
1: I don't think they're close. But- I don't want anyone putting out my cigarette if I smoked. So that's what Duke God, has do. Imagine if you smoked
0: cigarettes. That would be so cool. You'd look so tough. You'd look like James Dean. You kind of have James Dean hair today. Oh, huh, thanks. Yeah. Do you ever lean on the hood of an automob- old-timey automobile? If you did that, you would look like James Dean. Getting my hair cut just a couple of days before heading down the satchels. So. Oh, fuck. I got to get my hair cut too. Shit. What am I going to do? Shit. I got to get a haircut. Damn it. Wait, is that the end of the UNC sports update?
1: Mm, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to make a prediction in that Duke
0: game. Are you going to watch the Duke game on Saturday? Yeah,
1: I'm watching. I'm watching so much terrible basketball right now. Why? the, The irony, that because I have to follow all these other... Not only does UNC need to win those four games. They need all these other people that are right on the cusp of making the tournament on the bubble. As they say, they need all those teams to lose. Why so is it so important to you, you that we make these...
0: the tournament? You don't even like this team. Every time uh, they're playing, you text us saying, I hate this team. This team is so stupid. It, Look at Baycott. This it's team just sucks. all about, it's but, it
1: literally is all about the numbers. So UNC is number two in all time appearances in the NCAA tournament. They've got 52 appearances appearances. Uh, Kansas is number three at 51. So if we don't go this year and Kansas goes, which they definitely are, then we'll be tied. So I need to. we need to keep those numbers up. Why? UNC has more wins in the NCAA tournament than anyone except for Kentucky. Kentucky and UNC are tied at 131 wins in the NCAA tournament. If we don't go to the tournament, we don't have a shot at winning any games. So Kentucky goes ahead of us.
0: And I ask you with love and respect, who cares? Just because find another, I'm, just find another way to slice and dice the numbers such that UNC has the best numbers. It's 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 hard to do. I mean, the the numbers are based on winning games. Yeah, but you can look at types of games. You can look at types of schools. You could get those numbers. You can tweak the numbers. That takes effort. I don't want to do that. I'd rather the team. Oh just yeah, get you in never want win. to do any effort when it comes to sports statistics. All you do all day is make little spreadsheets on your phone about win loss statistics. You love the effort. All right, why don't you do something like, so even if Kansas goes to the tournament and u n c doesn't okay, or so now Kansas and u n c are tied with fifty one tournament appearances, right? maybe you could say something like yeah, but u n c still has the most appearances under a single coach, maybe that's true right right no u n c
1: owns pretty much every category against Kansas i don't want I want them to own everything, okay. Um, Kansas has more wins than UNC. K- Kansas has has more all-time wins. Uh, they've been playing longer than UNC. Um, UNC has a a higher win percentage. Well, but I would like for per- UNC That's to a better
0: have. number. That's the number to have then.
1: No, I know it is. But Kentucky has more wins than UNC as well. They're in second place. UNC's in I don't third care. place. All I
0: care about is win percentage, baby. Win percentage. Well,
1: we need to increase our win percentage or they're going to- to catch up with us. So maybe I should root for UNC to go to the NIT because then they would actually have a chance to win more games.
0: So why don't you root for that? That's great. See, when life gives
1: you lemons, make lemonade. Because I don't want, because this team is so frustrating and and I don't want to watch them for numerous games. I, I kind of want this to be over.
0: You want them to just get into the tournament so that they got into the tournament and then immediately lose so you don't have to watch them anymore? You know, just
1: win one game, which is all it, that's possible in my okay. opinion and get out.
0: Uh, I want to run up these numbers, these overall win numbers. Why don't they go to the NIT? They went to the NIT tournament a few years ago, didn't they? Yeah. It wasn't the end of the world. Yeah, and And we survived. It's fine. So let's look at absolute numbers. Okay. Look at absolute numbers when it suits you and look at win percentage when it suits you. You got to finesse the numbers. The numbers are the numbers, but you can finesse the numbers and you can decide the relationship that you want to have with any given number. Do you know what I mean? It's all about framing. It's all about framing. Exactly. Don't think of an elephant. Remember that famous book that came out? God, that book blew up. Was that, that was Thomas like, Frank? No, that was no. George Laffer. Yeah, he, he yeah he was like a linguist or something. Yeah,
1: he was like yeah. our. Um, yeah, the GOP has one guy like that. The guy who came up with the death tax and uh,
0: right. They wanted Cameron. to have like their own Frank Lutz or, or yeah, master Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, that guy. they wanted to have like a master of framing and stuff. So we wrote this book called Don't Think of an Elephant. Guess what? You just thought of an elephant, you fucking stupid son of a bitch. That was the subtitle. <laughs> it was in every bookstore in America. Yeah. And it was all about how Democrats needed to get better at framing. So that's what I'm saying. It's like the numbers are the numbers, but you decide your relationship with the numbers. It's all about the framing. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. We've talked too much about- uh, about all that college basketball. Sorry. Okay. Goodbye. John, we got some listener feedback about our podcast. We got a message from Bernard.
1: He's from Philadelphia, so I was gonna play that song. I love right. that song. So he Why writes do you like in, that
0: song? song. Is so weird. You're talking about moving know, higher I, or getting. What's he yeah. saying? Getting getting they saying? stronger, right.
1: yeah. trying harder, just because you know you need motivation.
0: It's like an exor- exercise song, but it's so relaxing sounding that it doesn't get me pumped up because it's like getting. I don't know, man. There's something. It must You're be more, a more into thing. the survivor. <clears throat> I have the tiger. <clears throat>
1: Yeah. <clears throat> That's a good one too. What if you uh, met Bernard, somebody and you,
0: said what what if you met somebody and said what's your favorite song of all time? And they said I the tiger. You would be like, that, You're that tough. I'd love them. That that'd be such a tough thing. I can see the guy who would say that and he's great. Yeah. He could help you out in a bind. No question. Absolutely. All right, let's hear this this missive from Bernard. Yeah,
1: Bernard. Hi, guys. Uh, I felt like I had to share that I just about fell over in the grocery store as you started reading William from Philadelphia's letter about our city's lovely skyline. Just last week, after having a few drinks, I sat down to compose an email about this very topic. As you started to read, I thought, God, did I actually send that email? I'm pretty sure I had decided not to. Turns out I hadn't sent it, but I'm glad William did thanks for offering your much needed positive assessment of this city. We really do have something of a Napoleon complex. It's a great place, very affordable. Don't move here. Hmm. By the way, Philadelphia City Hall, he continues, was given something of a short shrift. Not only is it the tallest freestanding masonry building, but it was the straight up tallest habitable building on earth for 14 years pretty good whoa thank
0: you love the show bernie in philadelphia the tallest habitable building on earth for 14 years i had no idea yeah i didn't know that either
1: that's awesome i thought i knew all the list of the buildings and or just structures and things like that on building yeah that's that's good you
0: learn something new every day
1: it's not taller than the pyramids, but they weren't habitable by live people.
0: Right. The pyramids of course were tombs for great mm-hmm. leaders in ancient Egypt. And they were very tall. I think
1: they were the tallest in the world until the Eiffel Tower was built. It's
0: crazy. So they were the tallest things on earth for thousands of years, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. How stoked would you be if you were if you were a great pharaoh or a king, king uh King, King, King Tut, right? Tutankhamun. Yeah. He was a king, right? I mean, how stoked would you be if you were a king and you, they and you said, "I need to be buried in a huge thing." Here, I sketched it on this napkin. I wanted, I want a huge pyramid to be buried in to take me to the afterlife with all my gold and I want all my cats and concubines and hats buried with me. And then they say they come back a couple of years later and they're like, "Well, King, we did it." Come with us to look at your new tomb. And then you go outside on your front porch and you look up and you see the fucking pyramid of Giza. You'd be so stoked. Yeah. You would say, this has secured my place in history forever. I'm going to be the most famous person who ever lived. Look at my fucking tomb. It's a massive pyramid. It's going to be the biggest thing on earth for thousands of years. They were probably like gods. They probably thought they were related to gods, right? Isn't yeah, kind of you know. Have like you ever
1: seen those those uh, those shows where they talk about what would happen if humans suddenly disappeared and how long it would take for nature to take over? Yeah, then, the like, world within, without us,
0: the classic. Yeah, book.
1: within thirty years, skyscrapers would start falling over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those pyramids, not yeah. going anywhere. As pyramids no. are number one way they would be. I mean, I guess eventually they might get covered by sand. I I don't know.
0: They would definitely outlast skyscrapers that need to be like pumped because f- of water stuff. Yeah. When I read The World Without Us, the thing I remember is like if you don't have pumps pumping out the water, stuff is going to start collapsing real quick. It's a, it's yeah. really incredible how fragile everything is. As I learned this week as I went without power for 48 hours. Yeah. And by the way, the pyramids don't even have electricity because of how old they are. It's mind-blowing. Human achievements, John. Yeah. They should make a show called The Best of Humanity, Achievements, Goals, and Fantasies. I would watch the fuck out of that show. (laughs) Here now is a celebration of the best fantasies that humans have ever conjured. And then they would just list the all-time great fantasies. A unicorn playing a slide whistle Uh as John Kimball laughs. Fantasy just became reality. How do you like that, folks? Yeah. History Channel. History Channel, if you're still listening to our podcast, give us a show called Mm -hmm. The Best of Humanity, starring election profit makers. (laughs) God. All right. John, we got a letter from listener Joe who said, speaking of the size of the Chinese spy balloon, which (sighs) John helpfully pointed out was as wide as one of the Trade Center Tower buildings. Something to keep in mind with these balloons is that they grow as they ascend and the atmospheric pressure decreases. In this video, he sent us a video, in this video around the four minute mark, this guy talks about a typical weather balloon that is six feet across when launched and grows four to five times in diameter to 27 feet or almost a hundred times bigger in volume by the time it reaches the stratosphere. Assuming the spy balloon was following similar principles and it was 200 feet in diameter when it was shot down. It might have only been 40 to 50 feet wide at launch. How do you like that, John? The balloons get bigger the higher they go.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Is that how, do, do, the, do they eventually pop?
0: I have no idea.
1: And that's how they, they come so down. get so big? Yeah. I mean, you can only go know. so big. It just uh, the, the, the material just gets thinner and thinner and thinner. Everything stops expanding at some point.
0: Whoa, not the universe. The universe is constantly expanding. It's one of the most maddening facts about this universe that we call home.
1: Yeah, but not, not. It, it's not, eventually it's going to not, it's going to run up against another universe and Bullshit. press up against it, or it's going to- What? It's going to press collapse. up against it?
0: What are you talking about? It's going to collapse. No, this is the multiverse, you know? That's fucking Ant-Man. That's Marvel comic shit. Uh, that's not real. There can't be more than this is something I don't. This is something I don't understand, and I'm and I I'm happy to are. say it. I don't understand the concept of more than one universe. It makes more. It that makes no sense because if there's more than one universe, then just step outside both of them at the same time, and now you're in the actual universe. The universe is whatever perspective it takes to apprehend all of reality. That's the universe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I see, I hear what you're saying. I don't. Let's
0: remember Wittgenstein's first statement in the Tractatus Logico Philosophicus. What's the first of his seven? of his seven points. Number one, the world is all that is the case. Same with the universe. The universe is just the sum total of everything. So there can't be more than one universe. That makes no sense. Okay, fine.
1: I'll concede the point that there's one universe. Thank you. But I, it will not expand forever.
0: It has to expand. Well, well, actually, I hope it doesn't because I don't even like the fact that it's expanding at all. It really gets under my skin because I don't understand it. Yeah was what is it expanding into? I don't get it. Makes no sense. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, because if the universe is expanding, that implies some perspective from which we can sit and watch and say, oh, look, the universe is expanding. Well, then that that perspective is the universe. You were looking, you were miss. You were miscategorizing the thing that's expanding.
1: No, it would be like if you're sitting in a room and it's expanding, and the room is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm just watching the wall get further away. I'm not seeing where it's expanding into.
0: You would have to be outside the room, and then you would be in the universe. Do you right, understand? But what I'm I don't saying? need
1: to be outside the room to know that it's expanding.
0: Maybe what it's like is this: instead of saying the universe is expanding, we could say the air, the the total area of all mass and substances. In existence is expanding. Maybe we could say that instead, because that, and then distinguish that between that and the universe. Could we say that? Y- y- Call I- NASA I- and ask him if we can say that.
1: Oh, okay, I think you could say it. I don't know if it's as catchy. Hmm.
0: Well, let's remember another thing that Wittgenstein said in his later works, *The Philosophical Investigations*, when he said, "Philosophical problems arise when language goes on holiday." And maybe this is a classic example of inexact language leading to problems where a more precise application of terms and a better understood language game, which is an important concept in Wittgenstein's later work, Mm -hmm. could help us make sense of this sort of contradictory or paradoxical discourse around the universe, quote unquote, expanding, which I refuse to believe. I think the universe it's it has fixed dimensions. It's 1 million miles wide by 1 million miles tall. Mm-hmm. And that's the size of the universe. <laughs> and everything else, John, is stuff and nonsense. How about that? Mm-hmm. That's fine. I'll go I'll with put that. Put that on a t shirt. John, let's read the credits to our podcast
1: election profit makers is an independent production we welcome your support at patreon at patreon.com election profit makers send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com and if you want to advertise with us get in line and also email us at contact at
0: electionprofitmakers.com thanks for listening congratulations we made it through february one of the worst months of the year and now we have march and um further spring months to look forward to and uh we're excited about that hope to meet some of you in gainesville next week and remember you can live stream it on satchel pizza's youtube channel my name is kid Midas the original wave rider and i'm saying goodbye and john i'm saying goodbye to you although i will also say it was fun talking to you this week i really enjoyed our conversation yeah it was good
1: talking
2: we had a good talk
0: uh bye bye Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
2: Now that the war is over and there's some difficulty with the peace, was it worth doing? Well, I think it was unquestionably um, uh, worth doing, Charlie. Um, and I, I think that <clears throat> looking back, I now certainly feel I understand more what the war was about. Um, and it's interesting to, to talk about it here um, in, in Silicon Valley because um, I think looking back at the 1990s, uh, I can identify that there are actually three bubbles of the 1990s. There was the NASDAQ bubble. There was the corporate governance bubble. And um, lastly, there was what I would call the terrorism bubble. And the first two were based on creative accounting. The last was based on moral creative accounting. The terrorism bubble that basically built up over the 1990s said... Flying airplanes into the World Trade Center, that's okay. Wrapping yourself with dynamite and blowing up Israelis in a pizza parlor, that's okay. Because we're weak and they're strong and the weak have a different morality. Having your preachers say that's okay, that's okay. Having your charities raise money for people who do these kinds of things, that's okay. And having your press call people who do these kind of things martyrs, that's okay. And that built up as a bubble, Charlie. And 9-11 to me was the the, the peak of that bubble. And what we learned on 9-11 in a gut way was that that bubble was a fundamental threat to our open society. Because there is no wall high enough, no INS agent smart enough, no metal detector efficient enough to protect an open society from people motivated by that bubble. And what we needed to do was go over to that part of the world, I'm afraid, and burst that bubble. We needed to go over there, basically, um, and um, uh, take out a very big stick, um, right in the heart of, of that world, and, um, and burst that bubble. And there was only one way to do it. Because part of that bubble said, we've got you. This bubble is actually going to level the balance of power between us and you, because... We don't care about life. We're ready to sacrifice, and all you care about are your stock options and your Hummers. And what they needed to see was American boys and girls going house to house from Basra to Baghdad um, and basically saying, which part of this sentence don't you understand? You don't think, you know, we care uh, about our open society. You think this bubble fantasy, we're just going to let it grow. Well, suck on this. Okay. That, Charlie, was what this war was about. We could have hit Saudi Arabia. It it was part of that bubble. Could have hit Pakistan. We hit Iraq because we could. That's the real truth.